When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody, to today's edition of the Future Brew Podcast right here on MazeInBrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and... With me, as always, is my dear friend, John Simmons. Sir, how are you doing on this lovely Monday evening? <laughs> I'm good. Enjoying my day off. Base kind of felt like a snow day today. Yeah. Last night and didn't have to work because of the holiday. So pretty relaxing day. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of uh, a lot of people in my life who had today off for Martin Luther King Day, which I uh, envied a little bit because uh, I I was one of the unfortunate ones who had to uh, uh, go to work today, but that's quite all right. I don't mind whatsoever. So I'm, I'm glad you had that, uh, that snow day, as you put it uh, over in, over in New York. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, quite frankly, with uh, Michigan football recruiting. A lot has happened over the last seven days. So let's just hop right into it. And we're going to talk about the visitors weekend that just wrapped up, but uh, we want to start, first of all, with the most recent development, which honestly isn't really too much of a shock to me because it kind of seemed like he was on the verge of decommitting even before Sean Nua left Michigan for the USC defensive line coaching job, and that is Joel Starlings, the four-star defensive lineman in the 2023 class at 6'5", from Richmond, Virginia had originally committed to Michigan uh, right after that Ohio State win and kind of got the class going on the defensive side of the ball. But now he has decommitted, did so Sunday night, kind of 
came out of nowhere at a really inconvenient time for me. I was trying to enjoy some uh, Sunday night football. And then I see that I'm like, okay, you should probably uh, get that on the website. So I had to stop what I was doing real quick and type that up and get that on mazebrew.com. Uh, but uh, not really a surprising development, John, uh, just given how his commitment status kind of seemed. He had tweeted out at one point that it, it kind of seemed like it was on the fritz. I, I can't remember exactly what he had tweeted, but everybody was kind of like, okay, is he committed? Is he not committed? Nobody really knows. And now that Sean New is gone, he he put out another tweet after Sean New left for USC, kind of like a, come on, man, like what's going on here kind of tweet. And now he's officially a free agent and will probably wind up elsewhere with uh, Michigan's new defensive line coach, Mike Elston. I don't really see Michigan pursuing Joel Starlings moving forward. Perhaps things change. Perhaps he is still among their top targets in the class. They took an early commitment from him for a reason. They liked him before with Sean Nua. Uh, whether they like him or not with Elston remains to be seen. But, John, I'll just get your quick reactions and thoughts about his recruitment moving forward. Yeah, I'm not surprised that he decommitted either. The tweets he sent after he committed were something along the lines of, like, I'm committed, but uh, my recruitment's still open, which is doesn't really seem to make much sense. Um, it kind of seemed like his commitment was going to be very soft and uh, would probably have to deal with this stuff. Uh, throughout his recruitment so it's probably a good thing he just decided to open things up now um we'll see what mike elston thinks of him but i could easily see them just moving on and you know they have a lot of uh guys on the board there a bunch of defensive linemen uh visited this past weekend i think they have um some good options still on the board so um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if michigan just kind of washed their hands of it and uh just moved on for the rest of the cycle that's kind of what I anticipate happening too. And you kind of hit on something that we'll talk about a little bit later on. And that's all of the other targets that Michigan has on the defensive line board in this 23 class is Starlings, a talented player. Sure. He definitely is, but I think things are kind of going to shift with the new defensive line coach, with the way that um, he's already hit the ground running and going after a lot of these other guys uh, that we'll certainly talk about a little bit moving forward here. Uh, as we venture through our podcast, it was a big weekend in Ann Arbor for the Michigan football program, like we had kind of alluded to. It uh, hosted a ton of top talent on the recruiting trail, spanning from the 2022 class for uh, official visits to the 2024 class. And this was the first weekend of uh, or the first weekend any college football program could host prospects again following the dead period. So there were a lot of talented recruits on campus. We talked last week about the guys who were tentatively supposed to be on campus for this big recruiting weekend for Michigan. And uh, let's just get right to a few guys that we didn't talk about uh, that ended up visiting just because we didn't know what their status was, whether they were going to be in Ann Arbor or not. So these guys definitely did visit 
And this guy, let's just start right with the newest addition to the 23 class going from a decommit to a commit is uh, Andrew Rapelia, a four-star tight end from the state of Massachusetts. So they are dipping their hands into Don Brown territory, which is uh, something I have not said on the pod in a while. But uh, we're going to the state of Massachusetts once again uh, for a talented player on the offensive side of the ball. He is 6'4", 215, so he certainly has uh, some mass to put on before he gets to college, but he has a long time to do that. He had a top seven list of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Boston College, and Wisconsin before deciding on the Wolverines. He was offered by Michigan right around Christmas time and then released a top that top list that I just mentioned uh, just a few days after getting his Michigan offer. So he must have been really eager to see Ann Arbor up close. And clearly he liked what he saw, ended his recruitment entirely, and has decided to lock things in with Michigan. Uh, he is the first tight end to commit to Michigan's 23 class, and it is a top 10 overall class in 2023. So, John, I will pass the torch to you. Michigan is building quite the tight end room here. The last few cycles, I, I really like the way that they've attacked tight end position in the recruiting cycles, uh, the last couple at the very least. Uh, they've gotten a verbal commit from at least one tight end uh, pretty early on. Uh, which has certainly helped them shift focus to other positions of need. So what do you think of him as a prospect and the way that Michigan's recruited the position overall uh, the last few cycles here? Yeah, I like Rapelier as a, a prospect. He's, um, like you said, pretty lean right now, but I think even in the interviews he'd done since he was committed, he talks about um, being split out as like a flex guy. Um, so I think that's kind of what his position uh, will be. Um, rather than like an inline guy, but he did talk about developing his body too to be able to take that on. Um, but I think he, you know, he visited for the Ohio State game even when he wasn't offered yet. Um, they didn't offer him on the visit, but um, after getting some measurements on him back up on campus, um, there I think the staff was really excited and uh, was able to get him to commit. I think um, you know he was very um, intent on going to a school that utilizes tight ends and. Michigan's really one of the best schools that does that in the country. Um, and you can see recruits kind of uh, gravitating towards that. They got a good duo this past cycle with uh, Marlon Klein and Colston Loveland. Um, they're in on it for a few more guys this year. I think they'll, they are probably looking to take um, two more again this year with, uh, you know, Eric all and Luke Schoonmaker probably going to go to the league after this season. It was fortunate that Michigan got them both back this year or for the 2022 season. So um, they'll probably have to restock the room soon, but Jay Harbaugh has been really good at, uh, you know, stocking his rooms with talent at both positions he's been at um, while at Michigan. So just kind of continuing to do that here with the tight ends. Yeah. Repelier, I forgot to mention ranks number 332 overall on the composite number five player in the state of Massachusetts and number 20 overall at the tight end position. You bring up a really good point about Eric all and Schoonmaker coming back. They also have Honingford coming back as well as they are uh, more so a blocking tight end. And uh, uh, forgive me for forgetting the other tight end's name in the tight end room right now. Seltzer, I believe his last name is. Um, There's uh, Matthew Hibner too. Yeah, Hibner and then the uh, true freshman, Lewis Hansen. Yes, 
who uh, I, I don't believe Hibner has Hibner actually seen the field at this point. He's gotten some garbage time snaps. Okay. Um, well, but it didn't look like he passed the other guys. Yeah. At the very least with those guys coming back with Eric all Schoonmaker, I mean, two definitely set tight ends in the room, uh, established tight ends. You definitely need those guys. And I, I think they are trying to rehaul what they have at the tight end position just a little bit after this upcoming season uh, in 2022, they're going to be losing those three guys that I had just mentioned along with uh, the, the uh, Carter Seltzer, I believe his name is. Uh, so you're going to have completely fresh faces. I would hope that at some point in the 22 season, they'll have one of the other guys like Hanson or Hibner get some more playing time and uh, start to establish themselves. I mean, maybe one of the true freshmen uh, this season as well. Uh, Colston Loveland being the guy that I would anticipate being uh, that tight end to emerge here. But yeah, I I really like the way they've attacked the tight end position. Recruiting-wise, Jay Harbaugh has really knocked it out of the park um, with that position. And um, when he was coaching running backs, he has clearly uh, recruited running backs at a elite level as well, getting Hassan Haskins as a hidden gem, getting uh, Zach Charbonnet and uh, all of the guys that he's coached up. I mean, they just, they find success, whether they're a low three star or a high ranked prospect getting recruited by uh, every high major college in America. So I, I think the way that they're going about this is the right way. And I think Rapelier is a really good start to this 23 class at the tight end position. So we'll see Uh, Moving forward, if they end up deciding to go with another one like they did in uh, this most recent cycle here in 22. But let's move on to one of the other players who ended up visiting this weekend that we did not talk about last week because his status was up in the air. It was like a 50-50 shot of him coming to Ann Arbor and he ended up uh, making his way up north here. And uh, this is four-star offensive lineman Luke Montgomery. Uh, listed at 6'5", 260, he's from the state of Ohio, from Findlay. He is the number two player in the state of Ohio, number six at offensive tackle, and number 63 overall on 24-7 Sports' composite. He really has offers from about any college, uh, but this is, in my opinion at least, shaping up to be another Michigan-Ohio State recruiting battle for a prospect in the state of Ohio. They've had a few of those recruiting battles over the years. Uh, Montgomery has visited Michigan on multiple occasions at this point and really seems interested genuinely in in the program. He told uh, Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting at 24-7 Sports, that he's going to be visiting again as well sometime soon. Uh, Not clear when that's going to happen, but he has the interest enough to end up trekking up to Ann Arbor again at some point in the near future. He has a really close bond with uh, Sharon Moore, the offensive line coach, and he's being recruited by most schools to play along the offensive line, but he can play defensive line as well. He is a high-end prospect uh, at both positions there. So, John, I'm not sure if Ohio State had a visitor's event this past weekend. I didn't see anything about it, but the fact that Montgomery came back to Ann Arbor, I think speaks volumes of how well Michigan has recruited him up to this point, being a top caliber prospect from the state of Ohio, making him really feel wanted and 
keep getting him up and up and up in Ann Arbor and maybe something happens good uh, for a top 100 kid uh, for Michigan on the recruiting trail. You never know. But uh, this is great to see him back up in Ann Arbor nonetheless. Yeah, I think this is the fourth time he's visited since the summer. Um, He was up during the Ohio State game as well. So he got to see Michigan beat the in-state team um, firsthand. Um, So, you know, these top-rated kids from Ohio, Michigan rarely gets this century. Um, But at least now they have that uh, feather in their cap of beating Ohio State. So they can, you know, point to that over and over again, which which I'm sure they're doing. Um, So I think that kind of changes the game, you know, as compared to like a Zach Harrison where that was kind of like the big um, thing holding him back from committing. So, uh, you know, Sharon Moore's done a really, really good job here at building that relationship, having him up a bunch of times. Um, it's, it, you know, it's always going to be tough, but uh, if there's any time to strike right now, it would be uh, with Montgomery because, you know, Ohio State just fired their offensive line coach. They're starting over again, building that relationship. And so uh, Michigan really has a chance here, I think, to to firmly get ahead in the lead here and secure this, uh, the number two player in Ohio, which is pretty rare. It would be nice, especially considering his 2025 brother, Ryan Montgomery is a top caliber prospect at the quarterback position, which is always a position of need for any school in any recruiting class. Uh, yeah, I mean, premier player along the offensive line. I, I think it's really going to pay off at some point. He would likely uh, keep visiting Michigan. We'll probably take an official visit to Michigan, I would assume. And I guess uh, Harbaugh and a few of the other coaches are going to be down in Ohio for a basketball game of his later this week. So uh, just another opportunity for Sharon Moore, Jim Harbaugh, and all those guys to uh, really show how interested they are in him. And hopefully it's uh, reciprocated as well. So let's get to one of the in-state kids uh, actually in the 2024 class. We're thinking a little ahead here, but this guy is going to end up, in my opinion at least, being one of the top guys on Michigan's board in this 24 class. And that is Jacob Odin. He is from Harper Woods, Michigan, stands at six foot, weighs 175 pounds. He is being recruited by pretty much Michigan's entire defensive coaching staff. Steve Klinkscale is leading the pack, but Mike McDonald and Ron Bellamy are playing a factor here as well. Uh, they want him to play in Michigan secondary, whether it's at cornerback at safety, who knows at this point, but he's listed as an athlete on 24 seven. Uh, he has visited Ann Arbor in the past and was in Ann Arbor for Michigan's win over Ohio state in November. And Michigan's going to get some assists here as well from Will Johnson. He apparently is pretty tight with him uh, playing some football in their youth. And uh, he's also close with, uh, 2023 wide receiver commit Samaj Morgan. So that's going to help out in this recruitment as well. He, uh, despite being a 2024 prospect, has some other really good offers here, John. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Iowa, uh, their secondary is always top notch. Arkansas, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Cincinnati, uh, just a handful of the programs who have offered him at this point. He is really a hot commodity in this 2024 class, John. So obviously, uh, great to get him back on campus and keep the good vibes going here for Michigan. Yep, he's, uh, you know, it's very early still for that class, but he looks to be like one of the top guys that Michigan would love to keep home. Um, he's been on campus a lot too. I think uh, 
Michigan stands really good with him early on, but as you can see by his offer list, it's going to be probably a national recruitment. So they'll just have to keep staying on him um, as the years go by, as he um, keeps getting uh, hotter and hotter on the recruiting trail. But hopefully, you know, uh, all these visits and relationships with guys on staff on the team and on staff uh, will pay off in the end. Yeah, you would certainly hope so. I think if they just keep pushing and pushing, getting in his ear and more in-state kids come from the 23 class as well, I think that'll eventually pay off for Michigan. I, they're really making him a top priority. I, I would argue that he is in the top three, at least, of targets at this point in the 24 class. I know it's 2024 and there's still definitely a long way to go. But with the way that Harbaugh and Mike McDonald and all those guys are recruiting him, it really just seems like they are going all out for him. It seems like he is a a really talented prospect. Uh, Lots of room to grow, obviously. Doesn't hold a composite score yet. He's too young for that. But I I think by the time that all comes, he'll be uh, a four-star at the very least. I think he's certainly talented enough to do that. Uh, John, did I miss anybody as far as guys that we didn't talk about last week? I I think we hit the few guys there. I just want to make sure that we're all all clear to move on here. Uh, I wrote about Kendrick Gilbert in the piece, but I don't think we talked about him. He's just a four-star D lineman from uh, Indiana. I think that Michigan's been on for a while. I think he was really tight with Sean Newa, so we'll see where it goes, but it's good that they got him up here again with Mike Elston um, in Ann Arbor just to get that relationship going. Yeah, so I guess that that's just a perfect segue to our next segment here, and that's uh, just some of the best visitor reactions from this weekend. And I, I did have Kendrick Gilbert here, so let's just talk about him. He's 6'5", 250. He is from Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, he is number 312 overall on the composite. He also has visited Michigan before, so this is just another opportunity for him to get familiar with the school, with the football program. Also a great opportunity, like you mentioned, uh, to uh, build a bond with a new defensive line coach, Mike Elston, who somehow, John, was able to be in attendance for this big recruiting weekend. I honestly didn't think he'd be able to make it up this quick, but kudos to him for being able to move that quick on getting hired and then hitting the ground running on the recruiting trail damn near immediately. So he offered Gilbert, Elston did, back when he was the D-line coach for Notre Dame. Clearly familiarity here, uh, which bodes well for Michigan since Gilbert told uh, my buddy Bryce Marich over at the Michigan Insider, uh, quote, it's huge now that he's at Michigan and that he has a good connection with uh, Coach Elston. So, John, I'll, I'll pass it right back over to you because first, I, I first of all, I want to get your thoughts on Elston being able to get to work right away as the new D-line coach. I, I find it pretty impressive that he was it, – it wasn't even announced yet until today that he was officially the defensive line coach. But this past weekend, already in Ann Arbor at this recruiting event, obviously making it known – that he wants guys like Kendrick Gilbert, who ended up visiting uh, along the defensive line, want them to play at Michigan. Um, so I'll, I'll get your quick thoughts first on Elston uh, being in attendance for this big recruiting event weekend. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, that turnaround, but that's just kind of life uh, at coaching at the highest level. You know, you don't really have time to 
<clears throat> look for a house or a place to stay or anything. You just kind of have to pack up your life and go. And it gives me anxiety just thinking about it, but that's kind of <laughs> what has to happen. Um, but it's good he was able to get there with, uh, you know, several top 100 defensive linemen there, guys that they've uh, been targeting and have top of their list um, in Gilbert and uh, others. So, you know, I think it was really important for him to be there and kind of get the transition, make it smooth and uh, make sure the contact has been lost or anything. So, um, you know, kind of a best case scenario there to get him in meeting all these guys at the top of their board uh, all in one weekend. Yeah, as far as Gilbert as a prospect, John, and I'll quickly pass the torch back over to you. He, he's at 6'5", he's 250, so he, he's a bit of a tweener right now, which isn't a big deal because he's still um, growing and he's just a junior, so it's not like he's going to stay that before he gets to Ann Arbor. Uh, but as far as Gilbert goes, what are your thoughts on him as a prospect right now? He's not among the highest of ranked guys that Michigan is going after. Um, you know, he's, he's not like a, a Nicholas Harbor or an Anthony James or a Keon Keeley, anything like that. Uh, but as a composite four star, he's very highly regarded still. I, I still like him as a prospect. I, I don't think he's like a tip top guy by any means, John, but I'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, how you think of him on Michigan's target board and him as a prospect overall. Yeah, I agree with what you said. He's kind of a tweener. He's listed as interior defensive lineman and a defensive end at different spots. But I think at 250 um, already as like a junior in high school, I think he'll probably grow to be, uh, you know, more of the interior there, which I think uh, will suit him well just after a couple of years of, uh, uh, you know, strength and conditioning. But that length and, uh, you know, leverage are going to be really good for the inside. Let's go to a few of the other best visitor reactions from this weekend because there were a few really good ones. Um, let's just get right to Cole Cabana, who is in the running for best recruit name in this cycle. He is a three star running back prospect. He is from Michigan, the state of Michigan, uh, the city of Dexter, which I have visited uh, a handful of times in my life. Great town. He is six foot, 180 pounds. And he is just fast as all hell. He, he runs a 4.43 40-yard dash and a 4.2 shuttle time. That is all according to his huddle profile. Also clocked a 10.69 100-meter dash time. Uh, and on the football field, he had a stellar junior season in 2021. Had 1,688 rushing yards, 24 rushing touchdowns. Also 32 catches for 368 yards and four touchdowns. Um, also has offers from Michigan State, Cincinnati, Purdue, Indiana, Pitt, Syracuse, a few other big programs there. Uh, he spoke with 24-7's Alan Treu after the visit, and he said, and I quote, I've been in contact with Michigan a lot, and they're definitely near the top of my list. They are a sweet school, and I'll definitely be keeping in contact with them. Close quote. So, John, as of right now, all the crystal balls are in Michigan state's favor, but it really seems like this recruitment is drastically changing as the days go on here following this offer from Michigan. Where do you think this one stands as of now? And what do you think of Cabana 
as a prospect. I really like him. I think he's a solid prospect. I, I would certainly take him if I were Michigan. What say you? Yeah, I think it's kind of it's flipped really fast from Michigan State being an elite to now Michigan is. Um, you know, following the offer obviously helps for Michigan's uh, side, but Michigan State also got a commit just today from like a four-star running back from Texas. So um, I think that changes it for them too. Um, Michigan wants to take two backs in this class probably as well. Um, it kind of depends. I think if they land another for this cycle and then, um, you know, who they lose next year, but I think they'll try to take two. Um, and so Cabana would be a good, uh, I think, complimentary piece for whoever else they decide to get. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's really fast. That's his main trait. He uh, is, you know, a burner. So I could see them going after more of a bigger guy as their second running back if they get him to commit and prioritize him. Um, but we'll have to see where he falls on their board. But obviously they like him enough to eventually offer because, you know, he's been on campus a few times before for visits and now they they finally pulled the trigger on him. Yeah, you you absolutely nailed that evaluation, John. I couldn't have put that any better if I'm being honest with you. And I was going to bring up uh, that I, I think Michigan would want more than one guy at the running back position in this 23 class. But like you mentioned, a lot is going to depend on what happens in 22. Three-star running back Andrew Paul, who was also on campus this weekend, could change things. Michigan could be in the market for two running backs in 23 if Andrew Paul decides to go elsewhere. So they, they've certainly got a lot of prospects that they're eyeing in this 23 class. Jaden Lamar from out West, uh, four, he's a four-star guy. Four-star Samuel Singleton, four-star Trayon Webb are just a few of the guys that I think they are in a good position for as of now. And uh, the phrase that I had here for Cabana is change of pace running back. And you kind of hit on that, that he would be a good complimentary piece to one of those other guys. I totally agree with that. I think he's a good prospect. I don't think he's going to be like a clear cut number one running back. If he goes to Michigan, I think he would end up being a, a, a Blake Corum kind of guy that you would bring in, have him be that change of pace running back to compliment a guy like Hassan Haskins. And you just go from there, have that thunder and lightning combo. But obviously, I like a lot that he brings to the table. And I think he would be able to uh, compete against the best in the Big Ten if he were to come to Michigan. I think he would be a, a, a pretty good player by the time it's all said and done. Uh, let's move on to another prospect here uh, that ended up visiting campus this weekend uh, who had a, a really good reaction, in my opinion. Uh, to this visit, and that is 2023 four-star offensive lineman Caden Green. He is from the state of Missouri, a top 100 player overall at number 68. He is listed at 6'5", 310, has some flexibility, can play tackle or guard. I would imagine they probably want him to play tackle at the next level here. He also spoke with Alan Trio of 24-7 Sports, and, and Green said that it's the authenticity quote unquote, of the staff overall that stood out at Michigan. And he even admitted that after his visit, Michigan is now in the top three on his list. I would venture to say that the other two schools in the running for him would be Oklahoma and probably Missouri, uh, who is certainly a factor in his recruitment. So 
John, it really sounds like Michigan knocked this one out of the park for Green. His family was with him over the weekend in Ann Arbor as well. Really sounds like they all had a good time. And honestly, Michigan might be number one at this point in his recruitment. I don't think that would be too drastic of a thing to say. What do you think about this development here? Yeah, I was pretty skeptical about Michigan's chances with Green coming into the visit. Um, It seemed like Oklahoma had a pretty strong lead, but it looks like uh, the departure of Lincoln Riley really shook things up for him. And, you know, Sharon Moore is a great recruiter. We all know that. And uh, Green brought up the having the Joe Moore Award. He had a picture with him on Twitter with the huge award, which is like the size of a desk. Um, it's ginormous. So he got to have a picture with that. And I think that really had an impact on him. Um having the best offensive line in the country and Michigan really did a good job getting him the first time on campus. I'd expect him to come back again for an official visit or maybe another unofficial in the spring at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't think it would be too far to say that Michigan's at least in his uh, top group, if not leading right now. Yeah, I I'm with you. Honestly, I was really skeptical about Michigan's chances with Caden green as well before this visit, but now reading that article from 24 seven sports and uh, there was another article done by uh, on three, the Wolverine as well really seems like Michigan has just skyrocketed up his uh, top list there. And yeah, Oklahoma, it did seem like they were like the top threat here. I still think they are the top threat to Michigan in this recruitment here, but yeah, I, I think Michigan really knocked this visit out of the park And we'll see how this ends up playing out. I would expect Michigan to get another visit out of him as well, probably for an official visit, depending on the timing of when he wants to end his recruitment. Maybe ends up taking an official visit earlier in the spring for the for a spring game. Maybe he ends up taking an official visit for their big recruiting weekend in June that they always have, perhaps for the barbecue at the big house. I would imagine probably be one of those three uh, that he would end up taking an official visit to Michigan for. So we'll certainly see how it plays out, but I really like the way that he was talking up Michigan and the way that he was posting about it on social media after his visit really seemed like Michigan was, if not number one, they're really, really close at this point. So keep an eye on the Wolverines for this recruitment moving forward. John, anybody else that you wanted to talk about that stuck out to you, or did you have any other final thoughts or opinions or takeaways from this big recruiting visitor weekend Michigan just held? Um, I think it was a good event to have. It wasn't huge, like, or ban or like, um, billed as a junior day, like some other schools did this weekend, but they still had a, a solid group of visitors, um, that I think they improved their standing with all of them, um, over the weekend. Um, you know, like Sadir Mitchell visited, who didn't really touch on, but he's another defensive lineman that Michigan, I would say, probably leads for. He's been to campus before. Um, the two D linemen from Florida, the teammates, Derek LeBlanc and John Walker, they're at Penn State on Saturday, but still made it up to campus on Sunday. I'm still skeptical about those two. I think they'll probably end up staying down south, um, but it was good for Michigan to get them up there. Um and see campus and maybe they can get them to return. But I think it was just a solid recruiting weekend all around. Um, I'd expect a few more before uh, the dead period starts again. Um, But I think it'll be an exciting spring and summer with a a lot of guys visiting and maybe a little higher caliber 
or more top tier guys um, than past cycles getting on campus, which will be exciting to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with all of that. It was good. In in particular, the kids from Florida, uh, I, I really agree with what you're saying, that you're skeptical about their about Michigan's chances with those guys. I, I agree at this point. But, yeah, always good to get those kinds of prospects up on campus at any time. Uh, but definitely <laughs> two kids from Florida coming up in the middle of January to visit a place that they had never been before, freezing cold, and uh, they're top 100 guys. So you certainly want Michigan to be able to compete with uh, the best of the best for those guys on the recruiting trail. And you can't have a chance with those guys unless you get them on campus. So it's certainly good that they were able to do so. But yeah, I'm kind of skeptical about uh, LeBlanc and about Walker as well. But at this point, you got to throw your hat into the ring, give yourself a chance and uh, just hope and pray that things work out for you. And we'll certainly see how it all goes. But yeah, I agree. I think it was a good weekend. It wasn't anything too wild. It's certainly not the biggest recruiting weekend that I've ever covered at Mason Brew. And I'd imagine probably not for you either, John. But uh, I would imagine that the bigger ones are going to be coming uh, like like around the same time they always do, like June and July. Those are like the prime months of the year for Michigan recruiting in the offseason. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to those months, uh, five or six months away here. Uh, we got a lot of time in between that to talk more Michigan football recruiting. So we will continue to do so uh, on this podcast here. So uh, that's all the time we got today. Um, uh, definitely a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about on upcoming episodes of Future Brew. Uh, but until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Mason Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know the spiel at this point. Give us five-star reviews on all our podcasts, and you can find us on uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. At this point, if you can't find our podcast at this point, um, you really need uh, some help. <laughs> you can get us literally anywhere. Um, so literally, literally anywhere. Uh, we really appreciate all your support, as we always do on Future Brew and all of our podcasts on Maze and Brew. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.